Hello, and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole. And Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. This is your destination for interviews with the finalists and winners of our annual prizes. This year, it was my goal to chat with all of the winners and finalists of this year's BC and Yukon Book Prizes, and I'm happy to tell you we're nearing the halfway mark. It's been so exciting to hear from all these amazing people about their books. Their projects and stories are so varied and interesting, and I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I have. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with the amazing Julie Flett. Even though I don't have kids of my own, I am a lover of children's books, and many of my favorites have Julie's name on the cover. This year, Julie's book, Birdsong, was a finalist for the Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize, and she and Joy Kagawa were awarded the Lieutenant Governor's Award for Literary Excellence. Julie is a Cree, Métis author, illustrator, and artist. Throughout her career, Julie has enjoyed collaborating with children of all ages. Her work focuses on Indigenous children's literature and language resurgence. Her books have won the Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize, the Governor General's Award for Children's Literature, and more. Her books include When We Were Alone, Words by David A. Robertson, We Sang You Home, Words by Richard Van Camp, and My Heart Fills with Happiness, Words by Monique Graysmith. Julie starts our conversation by talking about her background and how she began illustrating picture books. I'm Swampy Cree and Red River Métis uh, on my dad's side and um, Scottish-Irish on my mom's. And uh, my sister was working for Thetis Books years ago, like 2003 and previous to that. And somewhere in 2000, around 2004, she was leaving her position there and she came across the manuscript for a book called The Moccasins by Earl Einerson. And she knew, of course, that I, you know, drew and was in the arts. And um, although at the time I was working in the downtown east side as um, an advocate and outreach worker, but she checked in with me to see if I wanted to illustrate this book and to try it out. And um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I wanted to give it a try. The story was really beautiful. And so I put some sketches together and sent them off to her and she showed the board and actually Richard Van Camp was on the board at the time and she showed them to Earl Einerson, the author and everybody said yeah this this is great let's go ahead and do this so we put this book together and we put it together really quickly uh three weeks and usually it takes me anywhere now at this point from you know sort of um six months to a year to put a book together so we did it really quickly and there was something really nice about not knowing what I was doing that kind of helped with that but at the same time you know the illustrations were really simple and and I've learned so much since then Um, I did computer collage at the time so I wasn't really integrating the you know the painting and and some of the other um, things that I've integrated into the work since then so yeah, that was that was my start at Thetis Books, and I, I loved it. I brought it in to work with me, and I remember an elder picking it up and flipping through the book, and um, saying, "Oh, this is this is like the bedroom you know we slept in when we were kids, the four of us." And um, she, 
she was seeing herself in the book. So, I mean, it was just such an incredible honor to work on it. And it was such a beautiful process. I loved everything about it. And then people's responses to the work. Um, I thought, okay, yeah, this is what I want to continue doing. In okay. Birdsong, there's a, a young girl who draws and is, mm -hmm. uh, you can tell she's artistically inclined and that's where she kind of feels uh, comfort and home. Was that little girl inspired by you at all? Um, she's inspired by me, uh, my son, my nieces, by all of us, uh, definitely. But there's a lot of, um, I'm an introvert and an artist and I spent my childhood drawing. Um, and so I, you know, wanted to see, you know, a little girl who had a, maybe a little bit of a different experience growing up uh, in the arts and, and just, um, and finding a friend uh, that she connected to in that way. So yeah, definitely. Something I really like about Birdsong is the, the intergenerational friendship there, that it's not necessarily a little girl going out and meeting someone her own age. She's meeting a, a, an older person in her community. Why was that an important story for you to explore? Yeah, for a number of reasons. I, I think, um, you know, I, growing up and my son growing up, and my nieces, you know, those connect, intergenerational connections are so strong. Um, and then for me, again, as a, an introvert, you know, growing up, I say at birthday parties and things like that, I was really shy and I would always found myself um, connecting with the adults, uh, you know, sort of like plugging my ears for the balloons, <laughs> things like that, and running, to, you know, to the kitchen and hanging out, you know, with the adults. So there was that, you know, ha I had these really beautiful connections with with people in our community and you know and I see the connections in in my own community with kids and it doesn't get explored an, an awful lot and I thought that would be a, a lovely uh, friendship and connection and they had this you know there was an equal you know uh, connection to each other uh, so they were both teaching each other and learning from one another and yeah yeah, and the, the knowledge sharing and the learning from each other came across throughout the whole story too, because, you know, Agnes is learning from the young girl and the young girl is learning from Agnes and the mom and daughter. And it's kind of this really beautiful story of three generations of, whim of women learning and experiencing together. Yeah. Was that a theme you kind of knew you were, you were addressing or how did that come about in the um, I think really organically and again they you know connect to you know similar experiences and I remember um, an elder woman telling me about um, waxing and waning moons for the first time and um, being excited and then as I'm so my grandfather was a Cree speaker and he they didn't pass their um, languages on to the kids and so my dad didn't learn the languages and we didn't learn them and I remember talking to him, you know, not long before he passed, he was in his 90s and um, was at the first stages of Alzheimer's and he, I was on the phone with him, he was in Toronto and I was here in Vancouver and asking him, would you, you know, would you speak to me in Cree, would that be okay? And on, before I even got the words out, he was speaking to me. So it really... Um, I started to think about, you know, losing the language in our family and um, 
my potential contributions as an artist, like how can I bring these things together to share in an introductory way um, with kids? And so that came into my work in that way. I, I've done books, uh, other books where they're sort of teaching books, you know, counting and, and um, colors. And this book, uh, it came up uh, in a more uh, sort of conversational and uh, fluid, organic way. The other um, theme that is obviously kind of uh, moving throughout the whole story is around grief and loss. And those mm -hmm. themes are, are, those themes are subjects that aren't often addressed in kids' books and because they're hard subjects to talk about with young folks. Um, but it, mm -hmm. it does it in this really beautiful, uh, this beautiful way with following the seasons and which of course comes with its own grief and loss. But I wanted to know just about that, that topic in particular and why that was something uh, that you really felt passionately to discuss in this book. Definitely, I mean, so many stories to share there, but um, a couple, so I, I lost my mom a number of years ago and I remember, and so it was the kids, my nieces and my son who really kind of kept us going through that. And, and I remember thinking, I wish we had, you know, a few books that we could look at together and read together. And there are, I have since discovered, you know, some really incredible work out there. It's, you know, it's limited, but it's out there. But yeah, so, you know, I, I definitely wanted to see that for them and for us. And so, uh, you know, I didn't um, write the book directly about losing a parent that felt quite hard. And, and I, not that I think that it shouldn't be done, but it was even too hard for me. So it became more about the friendship and as an kind of an introductory gentle um, way of introducing a grief and loss. I remember worrying about that, you know, is this, is this okay? And I, I went into kids books, one of my favorite places to go and visit in, in Vancouver and asking a few of the people who were working there, do you think it's okay? And, I, you know, I just happened to connect with one of the people there who had recently lost someone. And um, she said, oh, please. Yes. You know, I mean, we want, she had shared a children's book with, you know, an adult, someone in her own family who had also um, experienced the loss. And I don't know, I just think children's books are a really wonderful way of sharing some of these challenging things. And they're for kids and adults. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the book that you did with David A. Robertson is another fantastic yes. example of that too, right? Where we're exactly. handling really challenging subjects, but in such a beautiful and conversational way like that book was just so remarkable for the way that it opened up conversation between adults and kids which I think good picture do yeah and um I remember so David and I met over Skype and we both have you know this is incredible coming together we both have ties to um Norway House Cree Nation and um his dad uh, and uh, my dad so we were introduced he's in Winnipeg we're introduced over Skype and we read the story together we you don't always um work directly with the author and in this one we felt really you know strongly about working together especially to start and so we met we read the story together I think he read some of it I read some of it and we both cried and I remember saying to him, like, if we can't make it through the story, how, you know, is this okay? Is it going to, you know, be, but 
as we went along, we realized, you know, we just sort of had to work through that. And I really needed to take time to draw it in such a way that it was sensitive to not only children, but survivors um, of residential school. Um, I had read in the past some of my books to survivors and um, and I just really wanted to make sure that that they were honored and that it was sensitive enough um, to share. So that book took longer, I would say, and um, more, um, you know, I'd have to stop and start because it's, um, well, it's very painful, um, you know, to work on and work with that material. But also, you know, I talked about this before, you know, even drawing, um, the, there's a page with uh, the little girl having her braids cut off and I had to keep drawing that over and over again in order to find um, an image that was, that it, it, you know, spoke to the, to the text, but also without traumatizing, you know, survivors or, you know, kids in David's text, of course, is so sensitively written. Um, and I think they both came together in the end, but it was not a simple book to illustrate, uh, as simple as it comes across. So you started off uh, illustrating books, and you've illustrated quite a few with Monique and, and other uh, great writers. And then you've decided to both write and illustrate books like Birdsong. Mm -hmm. when, did that, when did that kind of start for you? And what was it like making that transition from just doing the illustrations to doing both pieces? Oh, okay. So thank goodness for people challenging you, <laughs> because I, you know, I was asked if I would, you know, write a story and it wasn't, I wasn't thinking that I would be necessarily. So that came up with a couple of publishers. So I, I did, um, you know, I've been, like I said, drawing since I was a kid and art making and I went to art school. I went to Emily Carr in Concordia um, for a degree in fine arts and uh, loved painting and Daphne Ojig once wrote or said, um, I'm uncomfortable with words. My paintings are perhaps my most honest and legitimate statement. And that really resonates for me. So, you know, the transition, I, I feel like really connecting with the images. Let me just go back a little bit. But um, one of the ways that I sort of start books and I, this happened unconsciously was that I would start with landscapes. So I would always kind of locate um, myself and do research about the landscape, um, the area that, you know, the book was located in. And that would kind of ground me um, in the work. And I would also, um, you know, look for the color systems in that landscape. So that's kind of the way books started. And what I found as I was going along that, you know, drawing a landscape is like writing a poem. And so somehow this, the two started to connect. And I think because I'm reading text, all, you know, children's book text all the time, and it's almost like the, you know, I let the images start sort of, I was listening to the voices there. And that's kind of how I came to writing, which I think is probably different <laughs> or unusual. Um, Except for illustrators who write, uh, but for me it was a different process. I mean, and it's interesting too because I've talked to illustrators and 
people who've written and illustrated. And I'm always moved by how, with picture books, how the words and the, the images come together and the space that is created um, when those two come together really nicely. And that's what I mm -hmm. found really beautiful about Birdsong is that it had this lovely pacing and where you wanted to linger, like that one page where the they're coming down the hill and the coyote and they stop to see the coyote. That's just such a beautiful page. And and so those moments where you're kind of thinking about the reader experience with the book, it's such a different thing than novels and nonfiction in that way. Yeah. Um, so I, how were you thinking about that as you were like laying it all out and putting it together? Well, I, I don't know if I said this already, but um, Birdsong conceptually was meant to be a picture, um, a wordless picture book. Mm. Um, and that's how I pitched it. And, um, and so we were sort of going along five months into the project and the words just came one day. I sat down and wrote it out. And it, so it was, I think I sort of got to know the characters and the rhythm of the story and their connection and you know the words just came out and so I had to contact the publisher Greystone um, who they were so generous and supportive um, who were a little confused when I said to them it needs words <laughs> so, um, uh, so you know we just worked through that a little bit but yeah they were so supportive of that and that's I don't think that's the normal way of working on a book where you sort of changing so significantly as you go along but um yeah so I think that's what I meant you know, when I said that I'm listening and um yeah they just came organically somehow yeah. uh, you can see that on the page too that it does like the words and the images do just like they feel so connected and that's probably why yeah yeah, yeah no it wasn't sort of it wasn't an afterthought in you know oh we'll put the words on to this or vice versa it was um Oh, here they are. <laughs> so, yeah, came yeah. together. Thanks so much to Julie for being on the podcast. And thanks, as always, to you, our listeners, for subscribing and listening to Writing the Coast. If you want to hear more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, don't forget to visit our website, bcyukonbookprizes.com. And if you want to stay in the loop about all things BC and Yukon Book Prizes, be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Next time on Writing the Coast, you'll hear my conversation with Erin Chapman, whose book, Vancouver After Dark, The Wild History of a City's Nightlife, won the 2020 Bill Duthie Booksellers Choice Award. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.